0: a warm welcome to our podcast mother's talking ordinarily my conversation is shared with jenna but today i've got a a special mum guest
1: hello um it's great to be here with you Natalie, and nice to meet you jenna um so my name is pippa nixon and i am pregnant currently with my third babe I'm 35 weeks, Uh, um, I've got two girls already, I've got a daughter called Noah who's five and Oka who is about to turn two Uh, and we're expecting a boy which is a nice pleasant change and surprise Um, and in other mum life I am an actress and creative um, and I was chatting with you Natalie, wasn't I? Um, because you have been a doula to Andy and I um, through the past couple of pregnancies and with this pregnancy, just about um, the voice really and breath and the body. Um, and
0: so we thought it'd be good to have a a chat yeah. around mm-hmm. that. Well, I, I got very excited, didn't I? Cause I, it, cause the, I thought I could, I was thinking about this, I was thinking what I love is taking a really specific aspect of birth I mean obviously I'm a, as you know very fascinated by the birth process and how it unfolds in the in the body and I really like to I get a bit geeky about it so when I when I when I we had we sort of hit upon this sort of talk about we were talking about sound weren't we so it's, it's a difficult because is it voice is it sound you some people would call it noise some people you know vocalization there's all these different versions of it but we were talking about the the need to make noise in birth and i was in thinking about this for 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 our chat i was gonna first say before we ask what how you felt it in your birth since that's what i want to ask you i was thinking from my perspective quite apart from the surprise i had myself how much sound i needed to make my own babies yeah. As a doula, it's obviously the most amazing tool because for us to read where a mother is and it's not really talked about much. So there's all this, as in, as we all know, everyone listening to this, the markers and measures of a normal progress of labour most standardly are quite invasive, fingers in the vagina checking uh vagi- checking dilation and how open the the, the body is at what stage of labour they're in at but sound is this magic you know this magical nature's tool to to help anybody supporting a mother um in labor to know where they are how they're how i mean i hate that phrase how they're doing but that does it is it is it is pertinent because it's it's also sound is a good measure of if if they're coping well if if there's coping is going because you know you've got screaming and then you've got vocalization they're two completely different things and, and actually Sound is good, sound is a measure of of, of feeling good in, in your body. So I was thinking, yeah, from my perspective, for me, if I could give you know one marker of how I know I need to stay at with a laborer, it was with, with a woman and her neighbour, and if I need to a uh, kind of getting a sense of rallying, you know, the midwife, getting the midwife called, or is all because of sound. I probably it's my chief way of knowing where we are at it's this beautiful trajectory to the sound there's a there's a sense of the sound building deepening lengthening mm-hmm. um get more power behind it and that's it's so it's just like god oh, the more i get talk think about it, it's like wow this is it's massive and yet not that much talked about really people will say oh yeah you'll probably make some sound in labour, but you know it's massive and um first year could you tell me how you experienced it in your births. I mean, eventually, you know, do we want to talk about it in relation to other work as well? And how, what yeah. you were saying, but yeah, how did you feel it the first time? Were you surprised by how yeah. The need? Yeah, I, I, I think I think I was surprised.
1: Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I had always set out to have a home birth, and I was very fortunate enough for that to be able to happen. And I'd also done a hypnobirthing course. This was probably about five years ago now, um, with an excellent practitioner. Um, And I guess what that just confirmed in me was a connection with the breath, which is not unfamiliar to me because of the acting work. And I've done a lot of theatre. And so I've done a lot of vocal and breath training throughout drama school and throughout all the years of being professional. And I've also done a lot of yoga so, again, a breath connected to movement is not unfamiliar to me. I've done ashtanga and that's, that is, you know, when you say, how are they doing? You know how you're doing within um, the sequence by your breath. If your breath and your body aren't aligned, then you aren't connected and something is up, is off. Um, and I relate that completely to labor and so for me there were probably about four stages and it was it was very surprising it came as a surprise but it was very instinctual you know th- thinking about this for themselves and maybe think oh no i've not done any vocal work or anything like that it, it it doesn't matter at all because it is completely an instinctual thing if you know um so often you know because you you will be connected to the experience of labor you didn't really need to think about this, but it's quite interesting to sort of technically unpack it, isn't it? And and for me, that you know, the first bit when you when I love what you say, Natalie, about you know the the baby's sort of having ideas, and you definitely know that something is beginning. For me, that is just mainly breath. And so with the hypnobirthing, birthing, it is, you know, the breathing in, and then as a wave or a contraction comes, it's breathing out to the length of that. And for me it was all about sort of breath control. So as long as wherever I was in the process of labor from the beginning to the end, if my breath could sustain me to the end of that contraction, then I was fine. And there was a couple of moments where I just lost my breath and the panic set in because I felt slightly out of control and therefore unconnected to my body. But when everything gets stronger, particularly, I guess, when you come into the, the second stage where the baby is is coming down, it's come probably through your cervix and is coming down. I mean, that, I remember you listening to me and going, oh, I think we've entered into the second stage of labor here because it, there was just a different sound and energy. And for me, being the person in the middle of it, it was just about how I sustained that breath, but it become became juddery and low um, and then,
0: Vibrational, like a big vibration.
1: Like a massive vibration. Whereas before it was just um the breath, just solely like breathing in, then out, mm. it wasn't enough that I had to slightly vocalize. Just and for me, the vocalization was just because it made my breath stretch out longer.
0: Yeah. Um
1: yeah. And,
0: that's and again, a yeah. yeah that's the distinction isn't it yeah of course you can sort of manage it you can, uh, exactly. you can use it as a tool although it is happening instinctively and involuntarily the moaning and sighing yeah it's you can calibrate um yourself but actually when you get into the second you're right into the exulsive phase where the baby starts to come it absolutely takes you over doesn't it really? It, it,
1: it really does like the breath is not enough you have to vocalize it is a sort of deeper sound. And I I remember um, we got excited, didn't we? Because another friend of mine, an an acting couple, I was doing a a job with the Royal Shakespeare Company and they were having a baby in the middle of that. And he got a little bit of paternity leave, but he came back. And said to us, Oh my God, Ellie was amazing in labor. She was really on her voice. And we all were really laughing because I mean, it's sorry, it sounds like such a reactor thing. But what was beautiful about it was that she was obviously so deeply connected. And when you're on stage and really connected to your voice, that's what carries you from the stage all the way into the back of the stalls. Yeah. And it's not by forcing, it's literally by your body connecting with your diaphragm, your vocal cords, and you can actually you can you can scream you can shout and you don't do any damage to your vocal cords and in labor that's exactly what happens you can be as loud as you want because you if your body is connected with your breath and your voice it's incredible how the sound can carry and i think when panic sets in um or some kind of disconnect or um uh, a distraction can set in you are just disconnected from your voice and that's when you know people maybe can scream or just sort of lose focus panic can set in and actually yeah you're cut off from yourself
0: and also then damage is mm-hmm. happening to your I think lolly Stirk who's a yoga teacher she says trapping the breath you trap the breath but you trap the voice and you and your um obviously people are listening to this not seeing you but i can see by your hands when we scream and get panicky and our noises are high, they're constricting the throat, aren't they? They're constricting exactly. the, and if you constrict the throat, you're tightening at the sternum and it's almost like a block to the baby. It's almost like sound, the long, I love that, on your voice. It's like, when you said it, it I literally, as, I, as you, when you said that phrase, I could feel the phrase, you know? I can feel the funnel, the tunnel, whatever you want, They're kind of downness. Of when i opened my heart the sound opens your body doesn't it
1: that that's Mm -hmm. exactly it and i'm sure people have spoken about this before but it's also you know if the jaw is loose and there there isn't tension in the jaw isn't it something like bizarrely there's a connection (laughs) down with your vagina it's like it
0: Mm -hmm. it, it's it's, not just i've only learned what that is do you know what that is which no. I, I read this till about last week, or who don't know who told me. So when there is a neuromuscular link, yeah, between jaw and pelvic floor, and that's what presumably in 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 um in stage work they're connecting you to that. And yoga teacher, know, it's mm. like you said, project, 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 darling, isn't it? <laughs> and um and it's that um. But what apparently comes from is when I don't know this. I've got nothing to verify this. I just heard it. It's when the first. When the embryo is made and you're curled, you're like a comma, aren't you? When you're made, the baby, when it's just made, it's a comma. And apparently it's slightly fo- folded over in itself before it unfurls into a spine. Wow. And that connection somehow, the, the two parts of, the, of the, those first cells as they start to make are connected. You literally begin with those in contact with your root of the you know you could say the root chakra in a way the the, the root of you and your the mouth and um base of spine and base of throat are, are linked or jaw uh, when you're being in development in development in very 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 early development there is a direct connection so it's not some airy fairy idea apparently is actually anatomically you know true and anyway we know it's true because it's across human beings it's not just women i mean obviously men Um, um this is something that used to happen in long time ago they don't do it now you used to when when boys were about five six used to go to the doctors to check their testicles are dropped and they would have to cough so that's an example you yeah. cough to, to make sure that you know that's their <clears throat> that yeah. you can, everyone can feel their pelvic floor shoves yeah. a bit if yeah. you cough because yeah. there is that there's obviously all these amazing you know to, to then turn that into sound Relax the jaw, open the bottom, open the lower jaw, and release the, the throat. Mm. But tell me more about the how that works in acting, and how do you get taught that?
1: Yeah, I mean that that that's that's what you're taught really from the the very beginning. I mean, the drama school I went to focused a lot on the Alexander technique, which is um, a total sort of body connection. It's it's very much about the spine, sort of opening and lengthening and stretching it stretching out. Um, and so we would do a lot of semi-supine, which is for those that don't know, you know, lying, um, completely flat on, on a hard floor, ideally with your legs, um, up in a sort of, uh, triangle position. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah, lying down with your, your knees, um, facing the ceiling and then your feet planted firmly on the floor. Yeah. So your back is completely um, straight, and um, because sometimes if you if you if you lie completely in supine um, or savasana um, in yoga, the, the lower back is slightly raised. So by going in semi supine, raising the the knees up, um, and you're with your feet on the floor, your lower back's on the floor. Um, and then we would just do basic sort of breath work, so sort of breathing in. And then, you know, with a sort of F sound, slowly breathing out to like the count of like 10 and then maybe extend to 15 to then 20, um, just to begin to get control with breath. And immediately, once you sort of do that, even over a sort of minute or two minutes, when you then come back up to standing and start speaking, your voice is almost dropped down really? to like- you're better than your Yeah. Yeah. And so that that that's the sort of starting point. So it always starts any vocal warm-up really always starts with breath and then you start going into, you know, um maybe sort of scales and or sirening just to sort of warm up the, the um vocal cords. Um and then you might start doing some sort of consonant works and alliteration, you know, to get the tongue moving uh, and the teeth and the lips all connected but um you know that that is any actor's ritual before any job starts probably even before any audition so you are constantly in a rhythm of breath and vocal um warm-up um before you know using your
0: voice in in any any way um why i love this though i just things are coming to my mind like you know the the whole thing of eyes are the window to the soul you could say for a a person who's telling a story with their body that isn't their story it's a fake story in the sense that it's a, a script yeah and they're trying to communicate a story to another person aka the audience it would make total sense wouldn't it that your body has that the voice is the internal landscape more than your skin and your look like your more than your external framework the voice connects you to your very belly you know your soul your heart everything inside you is coming out of you Mm -hmm. and what i love is the parallel in the same way a woman in labor has to forget herself Mm -hmm. an actress has actor has to forget themselves and literally forget their you have to forget your pippa self and become the person your actor and so it would make sense wouldn't it the voice somehow is a real route to dissolving inhibition to, to letting go of a kind of self consciousness of the self so that you can enter into a new space so there are a lot of parallels aren't there because the voice at, when you're going back to when I know someone's really getting deeply into their altered state of consciousness mm-hmm. is because they find their voice and that's why probably why it resonated when you said on your voice you know, she was on her voice because that's when, when I hear a woman on her voice is because she's got into that place that she needs to be exactly, and 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 also with that is your
1: authentic self. I think is being on your voice and connected to your voice and breath. There is truth. You cannot lie from that place. Um, you're connected to emotion very, very deeply. It becomes very accessible to you. It, it, it's like your your throat opens up and connects directly down to your diaphragm and to your lungs. Um, and my point with this is, when, when you go and watch some actors, for some unknown reason, some people you connect with far more than others, you go, I just really like that actor, I really like that actress. I, I really heard what they said versus oh, someone yes. that, in some ways, can sort of disappear in front of you. And I and I believe that again is connection to voice um, and connection to that deep truth. And also with it eliminates self consciousness. There's no self consciousness in that place. When self consciousness comes in, that's when tension comes in, and that's when you you start constricting and being cut off. And with with labour, I remember going into, you know, birthing the baby. And for me, that's always the most challenging part. And fortunately, I've been in the birth pool twice. That was very comforting, being in the water. And I needed to be absolutely in all four, sort of gripping the side of the pool. But my voice then did an extraordinary thing, I guess, to sustain the that the body expelling the baby as much as it possibly can the power of that led me to move from making noise or yeah i I guess a deep same noise towards singing and it sounded like opera singing like there was vibrato and everything really It, it needed like that strength of of vocalization behind the breath. just It was just literally about ex- extending the breath. And to do that, mm. I had to then move into almost like song. And, and that really helped match what was going on in my body. And then I remember speaking to you, Natalie, with the second time around, I had a slightly different midwife, a fantastic midwife, but maybe just wasn't on the same wavelength as me. But she she then, she said to me, be a bit quieter and use that energy to focus into pushing the baby and fortunately i I was instinctive enough to go no <laughs> no this this is what I need to do this is what's gonna it is it, gonna get that baby out and up. and I am literally just matching what's happening with my body
0: yeah thats like syncing up, up it's like a synchronized i mean it to be um as a as a birth keeper you know doula when just to add in there, in case people are listening who who did find that they were using their voice to run away from the sound, there is an aspect to sound that can take you away and can lose energy, but it's so I'm gonna say annoying when one is instructed, you know, as much as the midwife was well meaning, I because it's really obvious when the person is really connecting up. And it's a it's like a picking up of something. I'm going to do it. Oh, you know, that, that real, is like, oh, you yeah, know, really like that. And what that, uh oh, is the baby's behind the voice. Yes. Can you, exactly. There's a difference between this, oh, oh yeah, all over the place, yeah. unregulated sort of, that does happen, or even getting high pitched. But you, you can hear a baby that's behind the voice. Like, it's like, um, and that is... Um, you're driving the baby down with the sound through you the sound and the force and the power and the sung note is aiding the expulsion and it's really obvious it drives me mad when people say don't waste your energy don't waste it i do know what they mean but you've got to get discerning there is a time when sometimes people especially first-time mums can get lost in um, especially with gas and air and and make themselves high Mm -hmm. and they are literally coming back into that constricted breath that you talked about earlier where they're like oh oh," that you know and that is not but that's not that is potentially wasting energy but even then you you know maybe that person needs to move through that themselves Mm -hmm. but the thing is yeah it's pretty obvious when somebody is using their voice as a vibrational tool Mm -hmm. um to to empty themselves yeah it's like like a you know and i love picking up of the sound you almost what i like is I, going back to the sung note i was looking up some t- researching a little bit and i was just in some traditional cultures women with the woman you know aunts you know sisters neighbors friends create a sound bath for the woman um to sing with her together you know I suppose you could call it chanting but actually it's more of a and when I've been doing it recently quite naturally if somebody's sort of really in those last throws I find it gets rid of my it stops you observing. It stops the things that that, that disturb a woman is, is a feeling of her birth. Care, her caregivers are watching her somehow. And if you join in the sound, I mean, it might not be for everybody, and I do check the person. To, you know, if, but I've never had anybody yet go shut up because mm-hmm. I'm just. Ma- if you're matching the sound of your baby, well, I'm matching you. And you know, I always say in a good labour where the woman's running it and in control, the baby leads, the mother follows the baby the father or partner probably follows them and then the midwife and the doula follows them you know it's like a pied piper deal you know and so i'm just following the mother with the sound you know and um and then surrounding her with sound because it then of course it drowns out in a good way i don't mean that in a bad way it drowns out or as you say matches the sensation of of intensity mm. which can help because it just you know it can really help to a feeling of pressure ups it you know cranks up you you go higher still you're know, not sorry not higher lower you know you, you, you can feel oh that's a big one so it's yeah. you know you could yeah. really you're just drowning it out really aren't you which yeah. I, I don't mean that in an avoidant way you're, you're ma- your better word for it is matching but you're yeah. I would you're more than matching you're it's like playing cards you're upping it <laughs> you're exactly you're I mean I, I mean for, for me as well
1: it, it came from a need of needing that breath to take you from the beginning of that contraction to the end but by initially breathing out you waste the breath very quickly but by going then onto your voice you can sustain that breath much longer so then when the expelling of the baby is is really, really strong suddenly uh, it, but the deeper the breath is it, it, it's not taking you it can't take you to the full length, so then you need to like slightly you know, yes. go up the register
0: find this can you find it on your phone Be, yeah, I'm you mind? Thinking, I think I'm going to find now i've got a few uh, it's so fascinating and you know i wrote i did an article at the weekend um uh, and i had to really go into detail again about the hypothalamus um and i haven't you know you do this job for so many years and you sort of have to go back to the basics again and i'd forgotten it and so really looked at the detail of the brain stem the, brain stem the brain structure that is running labor is yeah. that deep part of the brain that is um influencing hormones that then direct your behavior so in order for your hypothalamus the part of the brain that wants to remember to override thinking to override the neocortex to override conscious control it itself has to kind of the sound is almost drowning out self-consciousness, like we said. And so that allows the part of the brain that needs to run your behaviours, your, your postures, your, 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 your um, positions, your movement are all coming from this very deep, deep, deep instinctive place. Mm. And um, the sound aids that shift in consciousness, which is why people chant, just gong baths. Yeah, that's why people use that tool and presumably, like we said, in acting too, to let you let go of yourself mm. Sound takes you very swiftly to an altered state of um, of consciousness that is vital for labour to really flow, you know, there's a lot of discounting at the moment in the press and in various institutional, um, like, big institutions that have normally supported birth are now very discrediting of what they call physiology, of basic physiology, because you're not really allowed to talk about normal birth anymore, natural birth. And so I really relish talking about, you know, this, these are basic facts of having a baby. I'm a very controlled person. I know I probably don't see me, but I am a very self-conscious person. And um, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I let go in ways where i'm in control of letting go let's put it that way so when i started making those noises what i also noticed was that it feels like it's somebody else i remember sort of noticed thinking who's that noise Like, where's that noise coming from i couldn't i was so out of body that i or in body out of body i don't know and i sort of remember thinking i'm so unused to letting go at that level whereas that's your job but for me uptight missus that i am it was a complete new experience to completely hand over i mean i don't mean i can't relax in certain situations but to be on public view i mean i'm a, I'm a big dancer for example i don't have any any self consciousness about dancing but from my from my mouth mm. i value how how i speak how i come across so for me to be absolutely handing over to this involuntary state of ah oh, there's and I remember opening my eyes, and my husband was staring at me like, oh, my God, Like, what is she doing? Like, and, and, I, and instantaneously, I got the constriction that you described. Mm. I remember more pain, yeah, uh, a sort of dread, how long is this going on? Yeah. What the hell is happening? This is absurd, this pressure I've got in my bum. By the way, my favorite phrase for it is a bass note in your bum. It came from um, that lovely, um, I'm a big fan of that hip-hop, guy most deaf and he's got a song feel the bass inside your waist and i i feel like it's like feel the bass in your waist Mm. you know Mm. anyway and i was doing that and uh and i remember opening my eyes there you go you see self-consciousness returns for a flash of a second boom my voice goes and midwife she was um, so amazing she spotted or heard it you see she heard it uh the low i came out of my register flew up into my head and throat and she, she saw it with self-consciousness. So it works in this beautiful synchrony it's where self-consciousness goes the more lower you go, the lower you go, you know, you know, it's like one triggers the other, you know. And she sent him to get some toast and tea and by the time he came back, it was back on my voice, on my voice. And the baby came shortly after.
1: You, you know, that, that, that just reminded me as well of the first time around when all this happened and I had, you know, no idea really what labour entailed. Um, and, and also because, you know, I was really determined to have a home birth and and have it without any, you know, medical support, and and I did. I didn't even have gas and air. Um, I mean, actually that was available to me and I think i I planned going, oh yeah, I, I would definitely use that. But I didn't even have time to think about using gas and air because I was so focused on the breath and voice. And um, I, I had an amazing midwife, second midwife that came, who was extraordinary, actually, in retrospect. I didn't know that at the time. Um, and a first midwife that probably maybe wasn't as experienced. Um, and I, I'm a, I, just reminded of this now. She was sort of a bit blown away by being a witness to it. And she kept saying, I think you're extraordinary. This is, I've never seen anything like this before. And it was just like, you know, you're amazing. And uh, which is very lovely um, to hear. I, I didn't really take that in the moment, but it was afterwards when when um, Noah was born. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because I think, you know, w- when you are left alone and people enable you to continue on that, you are doing what... You're supposed to be doing, and I think it probably yeah. is an extraordinary thing to witness. But it asks of the mother to be completely present, and so mm. the of people around her need to absolutely just let her be. And as you say, Natalie, you can hear. You can hear when they're on voice, when they're connected, when they're on the same wavelength as a baby, and you can hear when when they're, when they're not. And I think, you know absolutely everything you're saying of just when you're in that zone or when you're able to connect in that way you're you're completely present that's the other thing it's crazy and then when you're not connected you get you come back into the into the the very present moment and the anxiety and the fear returns because it's like oh how long have I got left I can't do this anymore I'm exhausted and panic sets in but actually when you're in it you lose all sense of time because you're literally just focused on as each wave comes focusing your breath and then and and the voice does its own thing to extend the breath
0: and you've just made me feel really emotional actually I I feel really in my tummy I can feel all tingly in my right now even just talking about it, it, it it brings something back I mean you know 16 years ago last time I did it and it's such a relief isn't it? I mean I mean I want you to really enjoy this baby that's coming because it's like you forget what a privilege it's so hard having a baby it can be so hard the sensations but they give you it gives you access to something like no, like nothing else it's like an experience like you know of your, an experience of the self that is so second by second alive you're so alive because, as you say, what consciousness, rational consciousness, puts us into a next moment or the last moment or even more, you know, the future, quite literally, jumping right ahead or retrospectively, you know, looking right back. So we're always darting back and forth in our mind, aren't we? So, you're right, like true presence is a very rare. We get it, I mean, you get it very rarely in life, naturally. And, you, and I, th- I wonder if the sound, the need to make sound, yes, it's about making space quite literally in the pelvis, quite literally in the birth canal. You can literally feel it opens things up. But I'm wondering if it aids oxytocin because the hormone that drives labor, I got a definition of it recently and it moves me to, t- I love the idea of it. You know, it's called the hormone of love. And what it does is it it's the hormone that tells our cells that they belong to each other. So, so it's like the it's like a connector hormone. It's like a hormone that says you belong to you, you belong to you, you belong to you, and creates coherence in the body. And I can feel that to be true. If I think about how you feel in birth when it's going well, it feels like, as you said, everything's as it should be. There's a sort of factual, like a, like an, incontestable accuracy to the moment it just is what it is and there's nowhere else you need to be nowhere else you should be nothing else you should be doing nothing is required if you no moment no next moment no back moment it's the true state of meditative meditative um, presence as you say which a mother needs no practice for no her body you know, you get gurus going off into caves as a standing joke, you know, for decades to get to that sensation of transcendence. Well, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because we saying presence or transcendence, they're both, I suppose, aren't they? There's transcendence through the presence.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also just as you were speaking, that made me feel moved as well because I just thought, as women, oh, how many times a day do are we just like? Very careful about what we say, apologetic.
0: Yeah, you're not right.
1: really fully express ourselves. If we do, then often we can be corrected, even by our partners or by society, mm-hmm. and, and we're not fully allowed to be fucking loud and out there, and you know, be be able to express ourselves. And and like the crazy thing is, is in labour that's all you can do. Actually, wow, how Liberating is that, and how life changing. Mm, finding your voice,
0: yeah, finding your but voice, it's, it's, yeah, it's lovely. And it, uh, yeah, what a really nice to speak to about it because I don't get to talk in detail uh about these things. It all becomes part of the birth story. And actually, you're so right about the you know, it's so tempting on behalf of people around the around in the birth room to interrupt that, and but what you've really communicated so beautifully is the is that length. it It needs to be uninterrupted ex exhale slash sounding yeah. that lifts you up and over yeah the feeling on yeah. you know on into what we're talking about. And yet how many women, as we you know, talking right now in this country are having that interrupted you know i mean even gas and air as much as i was clinging to it and it does help sometimes by its very definition um it it is the opposite of what you're talking about because the emphasis is on the inhale so you go like this so it's short exhale massive inhale and it completely reverses um what needs to happen which is that depth to be found and uh so even that isn't inter- i mean i'm not i'm not meaning that people no. should feel mad having gas and air but i just feel that it can get in the way you know
1: yeah i i, I agree and f- for me um i found that like with a second time around as well because because i did have gas and air after noah was born um because i had to i needed stitches actually and um, just because of where she was positioned she sort of turned in the birth canal and, the, and it tore uh made me tear um and so when I was in the it went to the hospital, I had to go to the hospital um to get stitched up sutured um and uh I, they gave me gas and air then, which was the most extraordinary wonderful thing to have after going through labor. I was like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah a great privilege. Really. <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's incredible it's like having instantly two glasses of wine and being like, oh, this is I'm relaxed <laughs> but what also that showed me was i uh, me personally everyone absolutely needs to do what they need to do but for me i don't i can't have that in in labour. I at the moment i don't want that in labor because it will take me out of my rhythm of being connected to the breath i i i think um and particularly at the moment that i would probably need it which is the bit that i find the most challenging which is literally the baby's head coming out of my vagina <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it would, I, I, I feel like it would it it would send me sort of backwards and inside myself rather than being able to sort of be m- meet
0: and come out and forwards um inside backwards and inside and you know what i'm I'm gonna be um political now but um Um, there is this as in maternity political there's a special method that's currently fairly popular to how to control the perineum Mm -hmm. and um, where you use two midwives that's four hands and it's a bit like so you control the perineum and it's it has great results and I think it can be very useful for very medicated birth where the mother can't feel her pushing urges and things are going on but yes I'm There's lots of evidence to say it's helpful, but when people have become, certainly some caregivers, some midwives are a bit bemused when you say, oh, actually, I don't want that. Because if you were to say to somebody, would you like your perineum protected? Of course, it's a hilarious question, isn't it? Because the first time others go, you're not going to say no, are you? Right. Because (laughs) you don't really understand that your body will potentially protect itself is where I'm going with this. In that in that it seems like we're so externalized about birth as if, as if it's as if we only need help with it and have to be you know the body couldn't possibly manage on its own that there is even this idea you know that you really have to control the delivery of the head to avoid all tearing and I can never get it communicated enough that we're because obviously I've been to a lot of very, 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 very undisturbed births, like total darkness, nobody looking and, and the calibration being entirely run by the mother's sound. This, the privacy which causes her to drop deep into her sound reduces all self-consciousness and now she is just... <laughs> I'm going to be really good. She's basically a micromuscular moment in time she is literally that baby in relation to the vulva and vagina and perineum is so minuscule by minuscule like I, she will control it herself like uh, 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 that, you know and she will do it if mm. she is not interrupted she will know exactly how strong to push mm. how not to push you know because why because the pressure of the baby is inside her mm. and so she is responding just like if you were to be chewing i would say this analogy if you were to be chewing a piece of bread now a baguette something particularly dry and chunky and you chewed it and chewed it but i was the one that controlled when you swallowed it mm. you, it's a big lump of soft bread it would be 5th you'd make you a bit nervous about choking if you were not allowed to swallow till i said and it's to underestimate the muscular control of the throat is obviously so incredible that it sends the signal exactly at the point you're able to swallow something you you know when to swallow something and the same works in the vagina you know in the birth canal it's like somehow if you leave a woman leave her to it she does know how much oomph to give it it's not her it's the muscles the micro muscular connection to everything The, the oxytocin The baby's pressure, I want to call it high resolution, high resolution information is coming to her bottom to have done that knows exactly how much give to give, you know, how much to, you know. And that's where when you control somebody and say, hold that in, don't waste your energy. um, Let me put my hands there. I'm not saying there isn't ever a place to be protected um there occasionally you see a woman some people standing but most people left their own devices will get to a low ground position where they're not going to shove too hard and sometimes i'm like you you do get a tear because of a baby what's called compound presentation yeah. but i've never seen somebody push when they don't mean to push unless they're interrupted and told to or they get confused and they can't they're trying to listen to the midwife's voice they're trying to listen to their internal voice they're trying to work out what the hell's going on whereas if they're t- entirely undisturbed that long loud oh, oh, and then you hit you feel the release because eventually we haven't spoken about the glottal stop which is eventually that is long loud noises become truncated don't they because 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 the expulsive moment becomes held so you yeah. that does happen you yeah. do get that these one one or two sensations like that where the voice is forced to stop in order to just drive the baby round that tiny last bit so even that and the body knows how to do that the body knows you know yeah. but, it, but it relies on total total protection of that moment
1: yeah that's so articulate, yeah. That's um, I forgot about that. That you, yeah. You, you sort of you can feel it so accurately that you, yeah. You just know how much to give in that last moment before the head and shoulders come out. But yeah, that's.
0: I mean, it's if you think about, I mean, we know we always end up talking toilets, but basically, it's like being constipated. You wouldn't just go Oof! and that you work with it if you you know they were sort of coming off it and, and and it's completely natural i mean including i've been with people where they women i mean several times where women have their legs completely closed knees and thighs completely closed and they calibrate that tension and pressure um until the very end and even then sort of almost just the, the body knows how much to open, you know. Um, we didn't just as a last thing, because this. Um, I, I realize we haven't actually said the, word, the tension word, which you said it earlier, but I didn't go back and address it, which is how I almost like to conceive of it as politely as I can to these sweet babies, is that they're a lump of tension. Effectively, a baby is tension, um, not in the bad way, but they are a held object, in, not object, you know, a held substance inside yeah. our pelvis. And just like i was think of a yawn and a sigh and when you're in exercise and you go oh you know or you lay on the bed at night and you go oh those are all releases of tension and in a way the long loud note is the level at which one has to pitch the sound to relieve the tension but it isn't just the tension of the contraction pain it's literally the baby itself yeah. is dense inside us dense and the breath de-densifies and sort of it's like it's like it's, it's just in the way a weightlifter will go
1: oh, yeah, I, large... exactly that i was just about to say it. it's a weight isn't it and so your your voice and breath has to equal that weight yeah. Equally, or if not <laughs> be be slightly stronger than it heavier than it to be able to <laughs> give it the propulsion
0: yeah, yeah yeah it's absolutely fascinating i think yeah. we've done a master class on this this is like absolutely fascinating i've never talked at this level ever 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 about sound thank you thank you really lovely to have you on and you know i never say good luck about birth you don't need luck <laughs> and just enjoy enjoy yeah. well, you it probably really got you into thinking about it hasn't it it, has. it has yeah Thank you. Oh, thank
1: you, Pippa. I've been listening while playing on the floor with Jude. And it was an absolutely gorgeous conversation. Loved it. So many kind of new little
0: nuggets there. I think everyone listening will have lots to take away with them. Well, have a nice day. And it's so great to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you too. All right, then. bye Bye-bye.